Hi, this is Corey Ryan Forster here with the PSA. You should not be worried about your kids reading gay stuff. Just letting you know. This whole don't say gay bill. And if I tell you what, if a kid reads about gay stuff, he's going to turn out to be gay. No, you know what's going to make a kid gay? If he was born gay. That's it. End of discussion. And at what point did you all of a sudden start thinking that reading mattered or would change anything? I mean, there's been warning labels on the back of packs of cigarettes your entire life, and you've just whoop, smoked right through them. There's been calorie content on the back of Little Debbie packages, but you ain't reading that bullshit. You don't care. You're a full-blooded American. You don't read. You don't give a shit. And it doesn't matter. You're either born gay or you're not gay. So don't worry about it. Go back your day. Okay? This has been Corey Ryan Forster with a PSA on Don't Say Gay. Gay, 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 What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right, coming to you on a Thursday again this week. It is March 24th. My favorite time of year. It's here, baby. It's the Stone on Air podcast, the supposed for profit venture known as Stone on Air, all one word. My name is Brian, and I'll tell you more about that dude on the front end coming up after we hear just a small portion of crackers i hate my generation um so that that's Corey forrester i'll tell you more in the third segment why you'll hear from him there and you'll hear from him again later but to just speak to his, his, what was ultimately a you know a, 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 a bit of a, a joke, was addressing a real thing. The don't say gay bill, and the one thing I will take uh, small exception to that that he said there was either you're born gay or you're not. Like you're not going to turn gay. And I've always said, and I didn't want to say it when I was younger because I didn't want people to say, oh, well, you must be a faggot too then, huh? Um, because it was not easy to talk about. It wasn't a subject that could be talked about. But if you want to be gay, you go right ahead. <laughs> I, I, this, this, the argument, especially from a religious standpoint of the definition of a, of a, of a marriage or, or the biblical uh, teachings of a marriage between a man and a woman and and then it was like, well, but I mean, are you born with it? Can you help how you were born? And I, I always would just roll my eyes. I'm like, listen, assholes, who who cares whether it, you're born with it or not? What kind of wasted discussion point is that? If I want to be gay, if I want to have sex with men, I'll do it. All right. I will do it. And it ain't, it ain't a goddamn bit of your business. So run along with your bo- bogus, boring, just recycled, regurgitated uh, argument. It's 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 insane. I don't mind saying it now because I'm as comfortable as I've ever been in in my skin and and where I am in life. And I'm midlife crisis mode for the most part. But I I've always jokingly said, well, eventually I started saying it, and I I you know I don't know how many times I say it on the podcast. I'm the gayest straight man you'll ever meet. Homosexual, 
uh, sexual activity does not gross me out. Seeing the same sexes uh, uh, embrace and and uh, and show affection and and kiss and and hug and and engage potentially in sexual relations doesn't make me sick. It doesn't make me go, oh god. Now, of course, most dudes never cared about two chicks getting it on. But uh, to me, it's both ways. And really, when it comes down to it, especially once you're not a young, good-looking person, any people engaging in sex is actually pretty gross, right? Like, man, woman, 52, 42, maybe even 32, you know, all walks of life, the thought of these people getting naked and having sex together is disgusting. It has nothing to do with whether it's, uh, uh, homosexual sex or heterosexual sex or bisexual sex. Um, it just, <laughs> sex is gross. Just the basic concept of it. Now, when really pretty people engage in it and are film doing it, well, you know, that I can get a little excitement out of. But anyway, five minutes in and that was nowhere to be found on the show sheet. It just came to my head. So let's see. Let's get the uh, the show laid out for you real quick. Uh, we did get Sabrina in this week on the Chattanooga Drive-In show. Sabrina Smedley running for mayor. The second segment, I'll give you audio from her. A little bit more than I had from Matt last week. For a lot of the same reasons, it's still less than I got from the Womps. But it's still plenty, and uh, I will opine to the things that she's talking about, as I've done many times in the last several Weeks, we'll have Neil Pinkston running for DA against Cody Wampin this week also. So expect to hear from Neil at least a little bit. He's not a very animated guy. Doesn't have a lot to say. Uh, pretty quiet dude, but uh, hear a little bit from him next week. And if there wasn't a Womp involved, I probably wouldn't do it. But since I've already played Cody's, I will uh, play Neil's next week. And in the final segment of the show... I love it when this happens. I don't spend a lot of time out on the town anymore, bar hopping and spending a day of drinking. I mean, I still do it, but not. it used to be like an every weekend thing. So I was constantly having you know, stories to tell that often that don't have anything to do with me. I just happen to be around. And I don't do that nearly as much anymore. But Friday was a very interesting day. And you might not care at all and feel free to, to dip if you'd like, but... I'm going to give you a play-by-play of the day. It was one of the more interesting days. Not great days, good days, wonderful days, terrible days. It's not on a grading scale. It was just interesting the entire time, and I I enjoyed it very much. So I'll I'll lay that out for you in the the final segment. And uh, the dude I was talking about uh, on the front end, Corey, there, I ran into him that day. That's part of why I'm going to be playing some cuts from him. And there you go. Today I'll only have... Two pieces of audio for you because I was having trouble finding anything. And then I ran into two back-to-back, both from Lindsey Graham. And I'm calling it the mostly interestingly, oddly real thing. (laughs) Going, stretching a little bit there. The most interestingly, oddly real thing. And then just straight up the worst idea. The worst idea that I think we all agree with the content of what was said, but it's still the worst idea. And so just a few things here that don't mean anything. It is uh, March, what did I say? It's 24th. It's the 23rd right now when I'm recording on Wednesday night. 
and I have to re-remember this every year. My brother, one of my oldest friends, and Letitia Wolf, who you very likely are familiar with, the lead singer of the Dead Deads, longtime uh, writer, musician, uh, just super accomplished, borderline a rock star in my eyes anyway. They all have birthdays three days in a row. And my whole life, because I've known them all three, well, my brother clearly my entire life, and the other two since I was 14, 15 years old, so effectively my entire life, I always forget. And it's like one of those things where you forget somebody's name so much that now it drives you batty and your mind just, just gets all discombobulated and just doesn't work. When you're trying to remember, oh my God, I've questioned this so many times, and it's how it happened to me my, my whole life. It's not just I'm getting older, my brain doesn't work as well, my memory's not as good. I was 23 years old having trouble remembering these damn birthdays. I'm pretty sure my birth, my brother's birthday is today, the 24th. I think my friend Eric's birthday was yesterday, so which is technically today. I probably should dig into that and send him a text, and then I've I think Letitia's is the last one. I think hers is the 25th. So uh, anyway, happy birthday to those three because it's uh, one day right around right now. And then because uh, the joke was when we were first getting together as kids, me and Letitia, uh, that she had never, uh, what was it? She had never dated anybody younger than her before. We were 16. <laughs> I was like, and also you're, uh, let's see, 14 days older than me. Um, that always kind of stuck out, just kind of funny. Gave her, gave her, uh, rib- ribbed her about that back in the day. Um, I realized that I am done with the brackets in the NCAA, the filling out of the brackets. I I quit doing it a few years ago, and I for- I'd forgotten that I quit doing it because, well, hell, two years ago there wasn't an NCAA tournament because of the dumb COVID fake scare, and um, and then. Last year, I don't even remember, but I had zero. I don't think there was any fans in the stands last year. I, I'm not sure about that. I'm Actually, no, I'm pretty sure there wasn't. Totally took all the fun out of it. And they changed the dates around. They changed the format up. And I was like, ugh, I don't have any interest in this. And then everybody, you know, we're back to quote-unquote normal, at least something that's a semblance of it. And I got handed two different ones at work. It's just a couple of bucks. And then winner gets the pot. I've never won before. I've been doing this for 20 years. I used to love it as, uh, you know, middle to late to early 20-something to early 30-something. I, I was actually kept the score of it. I watched all the games and uh, and did the scoring. I fell out of love with that a long, long time ago. But I just, out of just kind of like a muscle memory, said, yeah, yeah, I'll fill out some uh, brackets. The mocks are in it this year. Tennessee, which I don't care that much, but a lot of high hopes for them. And so that brings me something to watch. And I filled the damn thing out. And I sat down and started watching... St. Peter's and Kentucky, or I turned it on in the second half anyway, when I realized, you know, I'm seeing on Twitter that it's a close game. And I turn it on, and I have Kentucky going a long ways in both of my um, brackets. And doing two, first of all, just always been silly. But And I started to root for Kentucky. And for about 10, 15 minutes or so, and I'm like, God, come on, Kentucky, what's the matter with you? And then I just... It was, you know, like that that sound effect of a screeching halt. Wait, hold on. Hold on. What made what makes this tournament so incredible is, are these these high seeds or low seeds, however you want to use the numbering, the, the double-digit seeds that make these crazy runs. 
and and have these awesome, just emotionally driven, fun wins. It's so much fun. That's why I quit doing the bracket years ago because it was ruining my experience watching the tournament. And then I realized I'm filling these out, I'm throwing away money, and I'm not even look. I'm not even rooting for the team I picked because I'm never gonna pick a two to beat a 15 i'm never gonna pick a three to beat a 14 i don't care who the teams are 14s i'm always for 13s i'm always for 12s i'm always for once it gets past that 11 10 9 8 that's the middle also runs. i don't care about that and it i i it just all of a sudden came back to me and i just shifted gears i was like screw kentucky go st peter's this is incredible and then now they're in the sweet 16 and um, and then Friday, you know, the mocks did what they did. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in the final segment of the show. So, but that's it. Never again. Never again. I will never fill out a bracket uh, ever. And I do subscribe to the theory, never say never. This one, I can assure you, it is a for real. Never. Uh, a couple more things. The uh, the Uber driver and the cops in Collegedale, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time on that as far as reading too much into it. I watched the video. Oh, is there enough context here? Blah, blah, blah. It's another case of we've got police officers on the street that don't know what they're doing. We don't know what they're, they don't know what they're doing. And the, that's where the, def, the defund the police thing comes from. And that's a, such a poor, just, just asinine way of trying to make a greater point. Leave it to a bunch of these idiot, you know, BLM protesters and the whole mess from a year and a half ago to take what actually was a good idea to maybe allocate funds differently, train differently, use different kind of tactics and different kind of professionals to handle different kinds of uh, domestic situations and potential health, uh, mental health issues and you know not just militarize the police to just come in with guns and everything. That was more the point. And then saying defund the police just makes you look like a dumb asshole. But it is so clear that there are so many police officers that have no idea what the hell they are doing, and they need better training, and there needs to be uh, allocated money in different ways to teach these officers how to handle situations, because it doesn't take a hell of a lot to be a cop. Y'all know where I come from. Any old dumb asshole can be a cop. I don't back the blue no matter who, not even kind of, never will. You got to prove to me you know what you're doing. You got to prove to me that you're trustworthy. Other than that, you're just another asshole that just has a job who might take advantage of it and power trip over it. And it happens all the time and constantly. And this is clearly a situation of an officer who did not know how to handle the situation that he was in. And I'll stop it right there. And the last thing before I play these two clips is after 20 years, I finally got Sirius XM satellite radio. It's been roughly around. 20 years since this has been a thing, maybe a little bit more. And then the merger from of Sirius, Sirius and XM was in like 2009 or something like that. And, oh, my God, I love it. Oh, my God, I love it. And it's made me even understand even more why would you ever turn a regular radio station on. I've been just hooked on, um, on the Lithium Deep Cuts uh, channel. Bands like Dinosaur Jr., Juliana Hatfield, Sunday Day Real Estate, Ned's Atomic Dustbin, Soup Dragon, Supergrass, Liz Fair, a bunch of ones you might not have heard of. Others you have, likely the Lemonheads, Mud Honey, Mother Love Bone, Sonic Youth, Tori Amos, Fiona Apple, and then all the ones you know, Smashing Pumpkins, Pearl Jam, all the big superstars from that era, but none of the... Uh None of the the, uh, the hits. It's all deep stuff. It is great. It's one after another. It's almost never a skip. 
on the on the on the dial. It's great. I love it. So there is that, and I'll play a couple of uh, cuts from some some of those bands on the way uh, as we go. And speaking of radio, really fast, give me a minute and a half tops. Kelly McCoy passed away, of course, of KZ 106, her longest running gig. She's had several others by, way back in the day. She passed away suddenly the other day. Getting tired of this people passing away stuff. It's happened a lot, and selfishly, it's now making me worry about myself. Um, but she was the first person to hire me and give me a paying job in this industry in September of 2002, so just shy of exactly 20 years ago. And um, I never got to know Kelly really well. She was a, she was my boss for a couple of years. There was a little bit of a mix-up when I was going to work for Talk. They weren't real happy about that. Uh, of course, it was the same company, but they were still rivals in a way. Uh, we always were cordial to each other. And then, you know, about 10 years later, I started working at KZ again, kind of renewed our my relationship with her and Scott. And it was always good, but never really, we, never, we weren't really friends. We were co-workers and colleagues in certain respects, depending on where I was working, because I worked at several different places. She was always at KZ 106 over that whole 20 years. And uh, it sucks. It just sucks. I hate hearing it. I've been hearing this way too damn much recently. And if you, and she was 58 years old. So that's, again, too damn young. And uh, I'm really uh, sorry to hear that. All right, so two cuts here from Lindsey Graham. This is what I'm calling the most interestingly, oddly real thing. I don't even know what I mean by that. So it's kind of long, a little over a minute. It's from The Hearings, which is a television show that's driving me crazy, the the Supreme Court uh, hearing, Senate hearings. And uh, here, just we'll just listen to it, and you can kind of make what you, uh, what you want out of it. Lindsey Graham. So uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how faithful would you say you are? terms of religion you know i go to church probably three times a year so that speaks poorly of me <laughs> or do you do you attend church regularly well senator i am reluctant to talk about my faith in this way just because i want to be um mindful of the need for the public to uh have confidence in my ability to separate out my personal views. Well, how would you feel if a senator up here said your faith, the dogma lives loudly within you and that's of concern? How would you feel if somebody up here on our side said, you know, you attend church too much for me or your faith is a little bit different to me and they would suggest that it would affect your decision? Would you find that offensive? Senator, I'm... I'm... I would if I were you. I found it offensive when they said it about Judge Barrett. The reason I ask these questions is I have no doubt that your faith is important to you, and I have zero doubt that you can adjudicate people's cases fairly if they're an atheist. If I had any doubt, I would, I would say so. But the only reason I mention this, Judge, you're reluctant to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Just imagine what would happen if people on late-night television called you an effing nut speaking in tongues because you practice the Catholic faith in a way they uh, couldn't relate to or found uncomfortable. So, Judge, you should be proud of your faith. I am convinced that whatever faith you have and how often you go to church, it will not affect your ability to be fair. And I just hope going in the future that we all can accept that and that uh, Judge Barrett, I thought, was treated very, very poorly. 
I uh, I forgot that was almost two minutes long. Another reason for only doing two. At first, I was like, what the hell is this clown asshole doing? And then after he kept going, I realized he is making a greater point that I think I, I agree with based on the way that Amy Coney, Amy Barrett, whatever the hell her name is, with questions that she was asked and then the ridicule in the in the in the mainstream media and the the social medias and the talk shows and all that which I you know that, that, that's your problem if you're if, if Jimmy Kimmel's making jokes about you I'm not going to spend any time caring about that but I guess that was his greater point that's why I I uh because he never even really got an answer to his question he was he was rhetorically trying to make a point and that's why I called it the most interestingly oddly real thing as I'm running late here on this open, real quick, also, Lindsey Graham, I'm calling it for real, the worst damn idea. Stand by your call to have Putin be assassinated. Hmm? Do you still stand by your call? Yeah, I, I hope he'll be taken out one way or the other. I don't care how they take him out. I don't care if we send him to The Hague and uh, try him. I just want him to go. Yes, I'm on record. It's time for him to go. He's a war criminal. I wish somebody had taken Hitler out in the 30s. So yes, that Vladimir Putin is not a legitimate leader. He is a war criminal. He needs to, needs to be dealt with by the Russian people. I'm not asking to invade Russia to take him out. I'm not asking to send American ground forces in Ukraine to fight the Russian army. I am asking the Russian people to rise up and end this reign of terror for you and the world at large. So I say it's an absolutely the worst idea because we all agree with that. I I would I hope everybody should agree with that. I just don't think we should say it out loud. And I certainly don't think a high-ranking uh, political figure in America should be saying that out loud that yes, an assassination of of the president of one of the largest nations in the world should be uh, taken out and assassinated. He used those exact words a week ago, and then they were just asking, and he kind of doubled down. Kind of think that's a bad idea to say out loud. Think about it all you want. Think it, think it, think it. No thought police here. I don't think that that's good for us in general to say out loud just for a good soundbite. Just saying, that's all I got on that. We'll wrap up the big three Republicans that are running for Hamilton County mayor. I believe it is May 4th. I know it's right around that first week of May, the primary, which is effectively the election itself. Her name is Sabrina Smedley, and you will hear from her coming up next. Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. Let me stress how critical this election is. I think there's going to be 66 positions on the ballot. We're going to have a new county mayor that's given. We're going to have a new sheriff. We have a city mayor who's still fairly new. We have a new chief of police. We have a new school superintendent. We're going to have at least five guaranteed county commissioners, five new ones, three new school board members. I don't know how many new judges, maybe a new DA. I'm the only one running for Hamilton County mayor that has the experience to go in there day one and do the job and bring stability to county government at a time it's really going to need it. This is the Soup Dragons. You're a sweet, 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 divine thing. One song from the 90s. 
I mean, I... I guess because Sabrina has the eight years on the commission, that gives her the political experience over Weston and Matt Hollander. I guess for sure it gives her experience over Matt Hollander because he has not had any political experience, meaning he hasn't run for an office. And I guess Weston doesn't really have any political experience other than he ran for Congress twice. So there's got to be some experience factor there. So, But I guess she's not wrong. Does being a county commissioner really give you the experience that it takes to effectively be the mayor of the entire county? I guess it, it certainly is more than, than the other two. Um, I, I asked this question of anybody who's running for positions that they've never had before, especially if they have no political uh, or much political experience. How do you know how to do that? How, how do you know how to be the mayor of a county? Where do you learn how to do that? Um, how, how do you know to be the mayor of the city? I asked Tim Kelly straight up to his face. It was the first question I asked. Yeah, you run a successful business, car business that your parents started and that you, you know, learned from the ground floor up. And that makes sense, and I understand that. You you run a, a successful sports franchise that started on the on the ground floor grassroots, and 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 that all makes sense to me. That ain't running a damn city. <laughs> how do you know how to run the city? And I can't remember his answer. Tim's got uh, has the perfect answers to even dumb questions, but it, I I just don't know. I guess you surround yourself with the right people, and you keep people on board from the. Former uh, the former uh, administration, and it goes from there. It's, I guess the same thing you say to a Barack Obama in 2008 or to a Trump in 2016. How do you know how to do this? I wouldn't ask Hillary Clinton, how do you know how to do this? Because she knows. I wouldn't ask Joe Biden, how do you know how to do this? I wouldn't ask George Bush, how do you know how to do this? So I think it's a fair question. Um, but this interview was the same, about the same as the other two. With Jeff and and then and the regular sus- suspects on the on the Chattanooga Driving Show, something I do not participate in. I step out of the room sometimes, and this one I did just because I was just getting some fresh air for a few minutes. And um, I'm not going to vote for Sabrina Smedley, and so I don't really care what she has to say because I already know enough to know that I'm not going to. But you might, and I want to give her uh, as just as much an opportunity to be heard on this podcast as well. But interviewing people is very difficult. And I'm going to talk about that as this goes along. I don't do it a whole lot because I'm not very good at it. And Jeff Styles is, in, is incredible at it. And there's even a couple of things, and I gave him a little bit of grief for it on this morning show, that there were some follow-ups that I believe that were missed. And uh, I'll address those as we go along. So let's just jump right into it. Um, if you want the entire thing, drive uh, the Chattanooga Drive-In Show, download it anywhere you get podcasts. Another case of a lot of dialogue between two and three people with a little talking over kind of stuff i wanted sound bites and sound bites only so i i got the ones that worked for this show and that's uh that's why it's going to be a little limited but if you want to know all about these candidates there's plenty of resources for you to be able to do that we opened up the um the conversation talking about her uh well a bunch of things this portion of it starts when we're talking about her latest or maybe her only campaign ad it would appear it had a pretty good budget and the production was good but one of the things she said is um that how could anybody know 
uh, or, or understand true being a, truly a conservative, and I'm totally paraphrasing this, but how can anybody know how their true conservative values if they weren't a single mother raising three, two, however many children on their own? And it just sounded, it was just a weird line. And it went along with the good old boys club that, you know, I, I believe was a, an effective way to kind of say, hey, you know, what about these two silver spooners? I'm not one of those. But the, the way she worded it, if you can't understand what conservative values are if you're not me, is basically what she said. And that's as disingenuous as it gets. Anyway, this was her response to the way Jeff formed that question. What I was trying to do was really um, share my story. My story is a, a story of faith and hard work. You know, I've everything I've done, I've done from the ground up. Hard work, uh, keeping the faith, perseverance, and raising three kids by myself. You know, I had someone say, oh, surely you had help. No, I didn't have any help other than my mom and my ones. But, you know, and, and that's not an oh, pat me on the back. What that is is I think that most people out there in Hamilton County, most citizens, I think they can connect and appreciate with someone that has done something from the ground up that's had to make tough decisions, that has really struggled to make ends meet at one point. Okay, that's fine. That's an an, an identifiable story. I get that. I'll give you that. Um, you could have just kind of said that without having the word weirding of you can't understand conservatism if you're not me raising three kids um, as a single mother. Also with the line, too, uh, gotta love. Uh, I I didn't have any help. Or p- people said, surely you had some help. Uh, no, I didn't have any help. Well, other than the people who helped me, <laughs> there was a little bit of a blip. She said, well, other than my uh, my uh, my mother and my loved ones. Okay, so you did have help. You didn't do it all by yourself. So now you've muddied up your own your own point. Even though I get the point, it's just I don't know. I'm I'm the literal police. I'm the word police. I don't care what you de- what you're gonna do. I don't care what you're thinking, and I don't care, um, you know, what you used to do. I, I'm talk. I go by what you say. Well, I didn't have any help except for all the times that I did have help. So anyway, maybe I'm being ticky tag. Well, you can be the the uh, you can make up your mind on that if you'd like. Continuing on that same thought, talking about the quote unquote good old boys. You know, Sorry, I got to pull up the right one. Here it is. I think that's fair to say. And here's what else you can say. So just shift that from business to politics. I don't have a daddy who's been a politician. I, I don't have anyone in my family that has run for office and served. No one in my immediate family. So I've not had anyone pave the way for me in that sense. I don't have anyone that can reach out and make those uh, phone calls and raise money for my campaign. I'm having to run a grassroots campaign. I'm having to knock on doors. I'm having to make those calls for myself. I mean, that's that's fine, too. That's fine, too. I'll never quite understand why we frown so, so much on nepotism. I, I just don't. I've been around it my whole life. Maybe I've just gotten used to it and just realized that I've also gotten things in my life that other people didn't because of who my parents and my friends were. It, it I, I, I don't find it as this huge negative thing. And you don't think that Weston growing up, I, basically part-time in Washington, D.C., and being around p- political, um, you know, political situations his entire life 
isn't a, a damn good ex- level of some kind of experience. And the same for Matt here locally, uh, you know, growing up with his dad in local politics for, for so many years. I, I don't find that to be some kind of thing that that is should be a, a negative in their campaign. I don't have a daddy to call. Well, maybe you don't have the resources that you you need. Maybe you don't have the person that you can get a hold of and say, hey, brah, I don't know what to do here. Dad, you used to do this. Help me. Tell me. Be a mentor to me in this situation. How is that such a negative? I'll never understand it. I, I You know, the all shucks types are going to be like, oh, hell, I get it. Yeah, she's working hard. Yeah, yeah. No one's, no one's saying she's not working hard. Who of any of us listening to this show are not working hard? Life is freaking hard, and if you're making it long enough to be able to download podcasts, listening to them when you want, getting to work every day and getting the kids fed and out the door, you're working hard. We're all working hard. I don't understand. I'll never understand that. Um, The simple, easy, always got to ask question that I think kind of Weston has created because that's been one of his strongest campaign points is kind of... Uh, not changing the way we educate, but changing the way people's mindset is. This is just her ramble on about, well, the easy what about education question. Well, it's huge. I mean, I've got several things that I think are important. Education is one of the top things that I I really want to be focused on. It is 64% of our overall budget. Let me say this, though. One thing I'm saying that no one is saying about education. If you paid attention to where I did my announcement, it was at mm-hmm. the Mary Garber site, which will be our next vocational trade school. I and noticed. I chose that site. I was very strategic in choosing that site for two reasons. One, uh, I was very proud that the county commission voted unanimously for the funding for that. But two, and more importantly, is it's representative of what partnerships can do together. That's county and city government, AGC, Chattanooga State. And as the next county mayor, I'm going to look for those types of partnerships so we hear a lot about post-secondary opportunities vocational trade schools i've met with the superintendent we've discussed schools that are currently grossly under capacity that could be repurposed into additional vocational trade schools as mayor i'm going to support those initiatives and she continued to go on if you again you have to go to the show to listen to where they went a lot of back and forth um not saying a lot without saying a whole lot i really do believe that weston has blazed this tech school um kind of uh, push to make more uh, normalized that your kids are not dumb or scummy kids or as Matt Holendrick said the, the the kids that smoke cigarettes that's what we used to think of them in high school I'm not like I'm laughing at him because it's kind of funny not because it was something stupid to say that's exactly what we used to think the idiots the scumbags the the the, the no direct the directionless the waywards we sent off to um, to vocational school and there was some truth to that. But uh, so I, I believe a lot of they're both playing catch up to what Weston is using as one of his strongest uh, uh, campaign promises is to you, you see all these problems all around us, even all the fake problems like the gangs, which we'll get to here in a minute. We can solve this generationally by educating more and having more people ready for a, a pretty big workforce that we have in the county. Let's see. Where am I? Um, this is something I thought was interesting that they went on for. I, wasn't entirely sure what forced annexation really was. And that question came up. Of course, I know what annexation is, but I didn't know the the reasoning for it. And, and at this point, it's been legislated out of Hamlin County, which Sabrina talks about, which I did not know. And this is another long one that you'll have to listen to the whole thing if you want to get the full conversation of it. But on the topic of forced annexation. 
and it was being an everyday citizen so owning my own real estate brokerage if you remember back in 2009 and 10 that's when the market had crashed and the city had a shortfall in the budget and rather than pulling back on their budget the answer was to grow the tax base and pull the unincorporated into the city limits so i had mind you at my brokerage i had people coming in every day suffering i had folks coming in they've been given the pig slip at work lost their job i had folks that had an adjustable rate mortgage coming due and their payment was going up three or four hundred dollars a month so one day i just got ticked off and there was a community meeting at westview elementary i'll never forget and it was about forced annexation i attend that meeting it was packed people were out in the parking lot it was unbelievable how many people came to that meeting out of that meeting there were eight of us that got together eight citizens and we formed hcraa which stood for hamilton county residents against annexation we went around and raised two hundred fifty thousand dollars. we hired an attorney out of knoxville his name was david buke he spent his entire career fighting for annexation we hired him and he slapped 13 lawsuits against the city of china so um that sounds like that worked out well for her and for i think most of us would agree that Force annexation is not good. I don't really care anything about it, but um, at least I know a little bit about it more now. And then shortly after that, a few lawmakers uh, went to Nashville and legislated that out. According to her, and which is according to anybody who knows anything about politics, if somebody wanted to push it again to have it reversed, depending on who was in office, that could happen. I don't think anybody running for county mayor right now wants to get in the pockets of any lobbyists that want to go to Nashville and legislate away back to uh, going back to forced annexation. So anyway, there's that final one. And I'll spend a few minutes on this one because it's it, it is frustrating to me that we have a district attorney, a wannabe district attorney that's spending uh, a, a lot of time on this topic. And Sabrina seems to be leading the way of these three of the, these three running for the the mayor on the quote unquote gang problem in the county, which I think is a farce. I don't believe that it's real. I believe there's a crime problem. I believe that there is a drug addiction problem. I believe there's plenty of issues that are, that are that are of criminal nature, but a quote unquote gang problem. I, it sounds like a bunch of white people just saying we have. A lot of black people that are doing things uh, unlawfully around here. Maybe that's true, but is it an actual gang problem? I mean, spoiler alert, I believe absolutely it is not. The framework of the question came from David Cook, who writes from or for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, that uh, a, a story recently that showed a, a very low number of arrests that were uh, associated with gang activity. I think it was in the neighborhood of like 14 overall arrests over a long period of time. I don't have it in front of me. Don't quote me exactly. But it was a very, very low number. So that was the basis point for this question. What do you think about what David Cook wrote and your thoughts on the gang issue? Well, I say don't listen to the liberal media, right? right? Honestly, because it's not true. As a matter of fact, I had so many people reach out to me after that article and say he is so wrong. I even had someone who worked on the last dedicated gang task force here in Hamilton County say there it's over 500 gangs in Hamilton County. I have constituents calling me. Out at Hamilton Place, I had a, a lady that got attacked by a female gang and they're everywhere. Uh, I was working out at the YMCA, came out one morning, and my car had been broken into, and they got it all on camera, and it was female gang. 
There are gangs all over Hamilton County. They're not exclusive to the inner city. Anyone who does not admit that, Jeff, they've got their head in the sand. And that's why we've got to do something to address it. And as mayor, I do have a plan. Okay. So, first of all, a quick, super fast, what should have been a follow-up. Okay. What's your plan? You've got a plan. What's your plan? She wouldn't have had a, she would have a very political answer to that. Check my website. We'll be unveiling more. We'll be rolling this out later. Blah, 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 blah. That's conjecture on my point, obviously, but I believe that's what you would have got. So there's that, first of all. Second of all, sometimes you don't have to say anything to say a thousand words. Well, well uh, the liberal media. Just don't listen to the liberal media. Uh, listen, Chickadee, you are talking to somebody, Jeff Styles, who has been labeled the liberal media his entire life. Watch your words. Be care- be careful with your words. Well, you, sh- you shouldn't listen to liberal media. Well, then you shouldn't be listening to you on a, a guy who's always been considered the liberal media. So, again, you don't have to say much to say a lot right there. Um, and I, 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 it's easy for me to say what should have been followed up on and should have been discussed now, days later. I get that. But, okay, so she says from whatever outlet it was, there's like 500 gangs. There's 500 gangs. Who's doing that math? Who's doing this research? Where's this polling coming from? How is this calculated? How is this quantified? Is this just some numbers being thrown around, or is this what you heard? I don't want to know what you heard. I want to know what you know. And then just even the terminology, a lady was attacked by a female gang. One of her constituents called up and said, I was attacked by a female gang. What the hell does that even mean? And source it. Where can I read about this? Where did a female gang attack somebody in, in, in your district? Or was there just a, a crime committed? And is female gang mean just a black woman? Is that what that means? And then never trust, especially a middle-aged white woman, who throw, or a dude, too, really, who loves to throw in there. I was coming from the gym. I just got back from the YMCA. And there was a, and then she did it again. My car was broken into, and it was on surveillance, and it was a female gang. What do you mean? There was like 10 black women, or were they white women, or were they mixed? And did they have gang signs? Did they, did they, did they all wear matching shirts? What are you talking about? I, this, this is, this is why I wanted him nothing to do with this because this is this is as far as being involved in this conversation that's just that's just a dumb dumb asshole answer and it irritates me now to have to hear it for a third time there you go don't vote for Sabrina Smedley that's all I got on that uh coming up next Friday was a good day it was a fun day but the most interesting thing about it It was, there's that word, interesting. And I'll explain it to you coming up.
Stone on air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Stoneonair.com. I hope you're all enjoying basketball tonight. I am stuck watching the Alcorn State Texas uh, A&M game because I put twenty bucks money line on Alcorn State because it was like plus twenty four hundred or some shit. So I stand to make $460. So instead of watching the good games like Wyoming and Indiana and all those great actual play-ins, I'm sitting here watching a goddamn NIT game, hoping for the biggest upset I've ever seen in my life, and Alcorn State's blowing it! You're blowing it! So I need everybody to quit watching the good basketball that they're watching and tune into the NIT and watch Alcorn State Texas A&M so that you can help me ride this $20 to freedom, baby. Let's go, Alcorn State! I woke up this morning with a bad hangover, and my penis was missing again. That was uh, Corey Forrester again. It's detachable. If you thought that you just heard the lyrics of the song saying, I woke up with a bad hangover and my penis was missing. Well, you heard right. Get drunk, and the next morning I can, for the life of me, remember what I did with it. First I looked around my apartment and I couldn't find it So I called up the place where the party was They hadn't seen it either This song is called Detachable Penis King Missile is the name of the band I would have never, ever, 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 ever In a hundred million years Remembered this song from the 1990s If it weren't for that lithium deep cuts Station on Sirius XM it really is a cool song. I don't know another song by them again. It's funny, really. Uh, go find it if you want a little smirk, not really a laugh. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's just another example of, of how much fun I've been having listening to that uh, to Sirius, Sirius XM channel. That So so funny on that, that front end with Corey. It was just something he posted on Twitter probably. Uh, just a little bit, you know, just to get some social media love, but it, it was serious. <laughs> and that's that's what makes me so tired of the gambling scene long before it ever became one of the more trendy f- things to do. I'm over here watching this stupid as hell game because I got this money riding on it. And so anyway, I thought that was funny more on Corey in just a couple of minutes just to get the, the game part out of the way. Of course, the mocks lost. It was, it was uh, man, it was heartbreaking. It was as, it was as, emotionally intense as I got into a college basketball game in as long as I can remember in probably my entire adult life since I was much younger watching games when I would get emotionally invested in way too many games that didn't actually really mean anything it was um it was a fun it was it was the capper of the night uh, of the day that I'm about to kind of lay out for you they lost to Illinois by one they beat them the entire game until the last like 20 seconds. I mean, just kicked me right in the coyotes, man. It was hard. It was it, it was so much fun to watch until the very damn end. Uh, but it's been a fun tournament. It always is. No need to bet on it. No need to fill out brackets. It's a fun tournament on its own merits. So that's where I'm going to be going for the rest of my life. No more dumb brackets. But so to start off the day here, I decided to take the day off work because... I thought that the chances were the mocks would be playing at like two o'clock. And um, I wanted to have a day watching basketball during the day, like so many of my friends do every year. And then it turns out they weren't playing until seven, which means I could go to work and still make it in time to go somewhere to watch the game. But I had it in my head already to take a day, 
to have a uh, an out of the ordinary weekday, just a fun day. That when you do one of these, or when I do one of these, time slows down, and everything feels a little different. It's that whole perception of time thing. I'm never off on Fridays, but if I get to be off on a Friday and do a handful of different things that are totally out of the no- the norm, then time slows down, and the potential for having a good time goes increasingly up. If this was a Saturday, it would that day would have disappeared. It would have been just another day because I do that every Saturday, or if I wanted to. This had a different feel. It had, it had a, something in it that made it feel special, if that makes any sense. So it starts off at um, go over the feed, meet a, a good friend of mine, Eric, and then the, guy, the Jen and Russ from the, the podcast that we just got done. And we sat around and yucked up about a few different things, talked about the county mayor's seat, talked about, you know, local politics, had a good meal, had a couple of beers. And um, and at first I'm talking with uh, with my friend Eric about crypto. He's he's more into crypto than anybody I know of my age group. I know many, many people 10 years younger than me that pretend to know a lot about crypto. I don't know that they actually do. It's very trendy to be like, oh, crypto, bro. But that doesn't mean anybody knows what the hell they're doing. Well, this dude does. and But it still confuses the hell out of me. I, my money is managed by Evergreen Advisors. And they basically tell me that don't listen to him. And it's we're going to we're going to take a chance and 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 miss this on the front uh, you know on the ground floor and if we have to get into it later on down the road we will and that's the way that they're advising me he thinks they're wrong they think he's wrong i think it's a mixture of the two but it was a fascinating conversation that we he was showing me some raw numbers like in you know his apps and dollars amounts and crypto you know that's still very difficult for me to understand but it was a fun conversation and then we start talking uh, about um, the ultimate, I don't know what, why it comes up, but the ultimate insult is to call somebody the wrong name, especially if you do it on purpose. Or to, it came up, I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was people forgetting my name. Like, I'll only let you forget my name so many times. I'll only meet you so many times. It probably was coming up, I was probably brought it up with Weston because Weston Womp finally now you know, calls me Brian and knows who I am. And that that's where that conversation started. And then we talked about a guy named Dave Lang, who's a, a video guy of Atomic Films and well-known around town, who I've known for years. And the last time we I was around him, he called me Kevin. <laughs> it was just, we, so we were having a laugh about that. And, um, and that was it, right? If that was the end of that and nothing came up for the rest of the day, there would be no reason for me to even tell you. So then we're like, okay, they leave, and me and Eric, we're just going to bounce around. Let's walk on down to, let's go to Walk-Ons, the new place in the old Blue Water building downtown. Um, just a quick overview, tons of TVs, bar food, and, light, and and draft beer and drinks. All right, it's a dime a dozen as far as I'm concerned. Probably a great place to watch a game. I don't know. Uh, but this was still very early. Mox still weren't playing for like four hours. And we get there, and as soon as we sit down, I look across the way, and the dude I was just talking about, there's Dave Lang sitting at the bar. Well, I'll be damned. All right, come back to that here in a minute. Also, this place was being, at least through social media and some of the news outlets, as the the Mox party, like sanctioned Mox watch party. It's going to be wild. I got that from several different angles. 
Well, at this point, there was nothing wild about the place. Plenty of empty seats. Few people with blue and gold on, to be sure. But there's no party going on here. And so I'm sitting at the end of the bar. I got my mox hat on, my mox shirt. And this guy comes up to me and says, hey, do you want to, you know, you here for the game? I said, well, I mean, I'm alive for the game. I don't know that I'm going to watch it here. But uh, I I thought he was about to say, oh, okay, because we were wondering if you were going to leave so we can grab your seats. That's what I thought. That's why he was asking. Because I didn't pay attention that he had, you know, news gear on, News Channel 9. And he said, no, I was wanting to see if you wanted to do a a quick interview for the news. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that. There ain't been a camera or a microphone I didn't want to get in front of in a decade and a half. And so I do this little stupid vignette thing. We talk for about three minutes, ask the dumbest questions on the planet, and I didn't care what the questions were. I was just going to have manufactured answers, uh, soundbite types of answers. And um, and we do that, and I thought, that you know, that's pretty cool. And then as I walk by, Dave Lang goes, hey, Kevin, hell yeah, man, or something like that. I'm like, oh, my God, the guy really still thinks my name's Kevin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I was like, whatever, Dave. And I just, I, I, uh, uh, I walked off. And then I get a phone call from a, a, a call I would not normally take from just about anybody in this setting. But the game's coming up pretty soon, and I'm thinking, you know, all right. They're probably just saying, hey, what are you doing for the Mox game? Maybe, you know, want to meet up? We'll see. And I answer the phone, and the subject matter, it's somber in tone to begin with. And the subject matter is, are you going to the funeral tomorrow of a long, dear friend that died recently? And but it turns the the but the funeral's not till next week, and so I'm like, uh, what? Uh, no. Uh, what's what's tomorrow? And then there's a domestic violence situation within my family involving my brother potentially. That was the next thing on the news the, the, the of the news of the phone call from a family member that I took the call from, and I'm just sitting there, just kind of my head's just kind of rocked. I have been drinking, but I'm not drunk. But I'm just like, my what? Why did you call me with this right now? This is this is a festive day. Why would you what what? And I had my earbud in. And so you couldn't necessarily tell if I was on the phone or not. And this girl, I joked that she was uh either 17 or 27. I think she was more, you know, in between those two, but seemed like a very young girl. Almost looked like she was lost or something. I think she worked there and she was just getting off work cuz I think she had a, a, kind of a uniform thing on. I I'm pretty sure that's right. And she walks up to me and she starts talking to me as if I'm not on the phone because she didn't realize that I was. And something very, you know, just kind of ditzy, uh, but 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 pleasant. Um, oh, hey, are, are, are you a coach? Are you a coach for the team? And I'm, I, I've got one ear full of, hey, funerals and domestic violence and, you know, something I don't want to just say, hey, shut up already. I got to talk to somebody. And I didn't want to be rude to her either. And I'm, I'm just kind of like, uh no, what do you, I'm sorry, can I help you? It's like, oh, no, I just saw you being interviewed by the news. Uh, I just thought maybe you were a coach. And I, I just, I don't really remember how this went. It went so fast, and I was just like, uh, no, no. And she's like, oh, oh, oh okay, and then just kind of took off. And so then I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, wait a second, what just happened there? Was this, was this girl hitting on me? Was she wanting, what, what, what was this? First of all, am I a coach? The game starts in a couple of hours. I mean, it's just a, it, it seems like a ridiculous question to ask if you weren't trying to 
kind of just strike up a random conversation with somebody. And so as my dad continues to talk to me, I'd say my dad, I wasn't going to say who it was, but it was my father. And I see her, she's walking off and I'm sitting there now. I'm thinking, am I, am I blowing this? <laughs> am I blowing a great opportunity here? And so I wrap it up. I was like, Hey dad, I got I got to go. There's a lot of people here. It's loud. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll talk later. I took off and she was gone. Now I couldn't see where she went. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing she went to the parking deck in the Bijou Theater there next to the Mellow Mushroom. And I went through the park, through the middle section, the breezeway there. And then I went a block right. And then I went a block left. I was like, I'm going to find this girl and apologize for uh, blowing her off and see what this was all about. And I couldn't find her. Don't know where she went. I'll never see her again. I barely even remember what she looks like. But she might have gotten away. Maybe she's gone forever. I don't know. And then... I walk back to the to the bar. I walk in and do, and one of my friends, we have more friends there now. He's like, I tell him real quick what happened, and they were like, I was like, I wonder why I saw you walking all the way down the street, and I tell him all that. And so again, this isn't a fascinating story. It's just kind of one by one over the course of an afternoon. Then I walk in and walking out, kind of frantic, frantically, is Corey. Um, why am I blanking on his damn name? Forrester, the, the comedian. And he's from the Southeast, and he's a part of a group of comedians that's kind of like the old, uh, what do they call Foxworthy and Cable Guy, all those dudes. Their little traveling redneck circus. This is kind of the new age version of that. These are Hicks, redneck types that are all mostly liberal. There's Trey Crowder, there's Corey uh, Forrester, and there's uh, my guy, you hear him on here a lot, Brent Taroon. Uh, Trey is from Tennessee. I believe Corey is from Alabama. And um, and Brent is from Indianapolis. But they all tour together, and they all kind of play off of each other on, on social media. So I've gotten to know their work really well. And Corey, I know, has some connections here in Chattanooga because I've seen pictures of him here in town with people that I recognize. And so I... Uh, I tweeted at him just quickly, and I didn't even think I'd hear back from him because he's, I mean, 200,000 followers. He's a real, you know, he's not a celebrity, but he's a working comedian. I sent him a tweet, a message, just said, hey, I, I saw you on the way out. I would, sorry, I'd like to have uh, spoken with you a few more minutes. Maybe we can have you on the show sometime. Thanks, Buttercream Dream. That's one of his characters, a wrestling character. And he said, sup, dude, sorry I didn't stick around to chat longer. I was dealing with my buddy who, when he has even the slightest amount of alcohol, is a lunatic. And uh, I said, I can, I understand that. Let's do the podcast sometime. And he you know, liked it. So maybe that'll happen someday. Maybe it won't. And so the last thing I'll say about the at the Walk-On's restaurant was it never turned out to be any kind of mox party, yet News Channel 9 was down there acting as if it were, and they sent a guy down there, this poor dude, Whoever assigned him for this, I mean, they put him up in a, they put him into a no-win situation. And I was told, somebody said they saw my clip on the news. I DVR'd 5, 5, 30, and 6, and I couldn't find it. I think it hit the cutting room floor. I'm not sure about that. But just to give you an idea of the amateur hour of what was going on with this newscast, here's just a clip. Again, there is nothing crazy going on at this bar, and they're trying to have Hype City for the mocks on the on the crappy local news. I don't even remember the guy's name. Here's a here's just a little snidbit of it. All right, we're here.
here at the Walk-On Sports Bar downtown. Now, as the game gets ready for tip-off, you know, people are trickling in. It's getting packed in here. You can see tons of people are here getting ready to watch the game. There's tons of people here. There's students coming in. There's all types of fans, alumni. I spoke to there's even a few Illinois fans I saw. Now, as the night goes on, people are pretty excited to see UTC play. They want to see Malachi and Baptiste. They really want to see them play and get out there and destroy it. Now, as people come out here tonight, you know, they're really, really hoping that the Moss can pull through with this win. You know, they're really proud of what we've done, they've done so far. They're really saying they're having that hometown pride, as we say. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people are here. It's getting packed, and people are still coming in. You know, so if you're trying to get a spot at a bar, you know, definitely get out here now to try to find your spot. You know, out here downtown at Walk-On Sports Bar, I'm Merrick Price, News Channel 9. I mean, I just poor dude. <laughs> there was plenty of places to sit. It was loud. It was not an easy gig to have to do. But I got to thinking, I was like, this. The, if my little clip got got cut, which I don't know if it did, but I think it did, it just shows to the embarrassment that are these television news channels. Not only did this dude just so happen to just walk up to a guy, just randomly, being me, a guy who does know this team well and knows it's 20 to 25 last years of history, who also is um, in the business of making sound bites, chasing sound bites, creating sound bites, and distributing sound bites. Not only that, also is a long-term 20-year media member who understands what you're doing and who's going to give you those sound bites, not just a, woohoo, go Mox, I love our boys in blue. You you lucked out so, so well. You have no idea how well you lucked out, and you still didn't use the damn footage. Or at least if you did, you didn't use much because I couldn't find it. And I gave them plenty to use. Uh, cause again, that's what I do. I know what a good soundbite is. I know how to make one. I know how to create one. I know how to find one and I know how to insert them and distribute them within produced pieces for audio and video consumption. And that, that just shows you how little, I don't want to say talent. It's just experience. And, and well, it is talent that these, these TV stations have. And I mean, if this guy is making, 28.5 a year, he's absolutely killing it. And I promise you he's not making 28.5. I, I, he's lucky if he's making 25. It's probably more like 23 or 24. I mean, this is just an industry that does not pay. Um, so I felt bad for the guy, but also it was a little like, really? Really? You, you, you finally got somebody that gave you great sound bites and you're not going to use it? Yeah, that's all I need to know. Now, maybe the mics cut out. Maybe the lighting was bad. Maybe the deadline was, they were under pressure for the deadline. Who knows? I don't know. But I just thought that was, it was more annoying than anything. I'm not mad about it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was absolutely fun. Then went to the Moxie. Then went to uh, uh, Wanderlinger, watched the game between both those two places. The Mox ripped my heart out. And then I ended up getting her, my girl ex-girlfriend took me home. So... <laughs> There you go. There's the end of that story. Listen to uh, Detachable Penis Before the Day's Over from King Missile. It's It'll make your day just a little bit better, I promise you. All right, I'm over an hour once again, so I'm going to end it right here. Love you. Mean it. Take care. Bye. I woke up this morning with a bad hangover. 
my penis was missing again. This happens all the time. It's detachable. This comes in handy a lot of the time. I can leave it home when I think it's going to get me in trouble. Or I can rent it out when I don't need it. But now and then I go to a party, get drunk, and the next morning I can't, for the life of me, remember what I did with it. First I looked around my apartment and I couldn't find it. So I called up the place where the party was. They hadn't seen it either. I asked them to check the medicine cabinet because for some reason I leave it there sometimes, but not this time. So I told them if it pops up to let me know. I called a few people who were at the party, but they were no help either. I was starting to get desperate. I really don't like being without my penis for too long. It makes me feel like less of a man.